Hi, and welcome to our podcast. This episode is brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity benchmarks. In this episode, we'll discuss the current state of U.S. corn and ethanol markets. I'm Connor Hyde, and I'm the deputy editor for Argus's weekly North American Fertilizer Report. With me today is Tom Dwyer, Biofuels Market Reporter. Thanks, Connor. Happy to be here. Today, we're discussing how the ongoing COVID-19 outbreak has exposed the dependency and interconnectivity of the energy and agriculture industries in the U.S. through a shared denominator, which is corn. Before the virus throttled various industries in the U.S., ethanol production was consistently above 1 million barrels a day through essentially the first quarter, according to the EIA. But the exceptional infection rate of COVID-19 had a palpable grip on U.S. industries by late March. And this is when we see a tangible reaction to ethanol output and subsequently corn consumption. The week of March 27th is when we see daily ethanol output plunge below 1 million barrels to the lowest level since 2013, and then it continued to plummet further to an all-time low merely a month later. Corn consumption naturally fell at a similar rate, and futures prices tracked the decline. Front-month corn futures through much of the first quarter ranged between $3.69 a bushel to $3.89 a bushel, and then careened to $3.07 by the first week of May a direct response to cutbacks in the ethanol industry and when farmers were still estimated to plant 97 million acres. Jump forward another month and corn acreage estimates receded to 92 million acres with the largest cuts in PAD2, the main ethanol manufacturing and corn producing region according to the USDA. Tom, can you tell me how the ethanol industry has fared since the height of the pandemic versus now? Sure. So many of the ethanol production cuts were brought on in late March by really poor margins as gasoline demand fell because of government stay-at-home orders in response to COVID. With the reduced fuel demand, ethanol demand fell with it, depressing prices in the spot market and creating untenable margins for producers. Between February and March, ethanol prices at Kinder Morgan's Argo Terminal, which serves as a major hub in the domestic ethanol market, fell sharply by 36% in April alone, setting record lows in the region. These conditions led to producers to initially halt corn purchases and then begin idling ethanol facilities altogether once they realized that COVID was going to be a long-term market factor. At the height of all of this, plants like Pacific Ethanol's Pekin, Illinois facility switched up their production to produce more industrial-grade ethanol that can be used as a component in hand sanitizer products. But it wasn't really enough to make up for lost ethanol for fuel use demand. Plus, there were some regulatory hurdles that came with it. And that's why you didn't see widespread adoption of this sort of ethanol production. During this time, the ethanol plants still operating were staying afloat with help from DDG and CO2 sales, both of which are byproducts of ethanol production. But even then, most plants were still running at reduced operation levels. By late April, the production cuts began to work its way into whittling down stockpiles. EIA ethanol stocks have mostly decreased since, with a slight increase in the week before last and a very, very small downward shift in stocks for the latest reported week. Over that same period, production has crept upwards since the end of April from a little over half a million barrels a day to around 900,000 barrels a day in July. But those stockpile changes in the past two reported weeks I mentioned have rattled the market and caused aggressive selling from producers. In this week alone, prices at the Argo terminal fell by 16%. The retreat comes as the market grows more concerned about stagnant and possibly rising supply levels as production continues to creep up, stoking bearish sentiment that production could be outpacing demand as more idled plants look to spool up production. The market feels that current production levels are very near to what the new ceiling is for a post-COVID ethanol industry, as about one-fifth of the industry hasn't come back online. 
the expectation is that producers will be much more sensitive to margins and supply and demand fundamentals going forward. And I say more sensitive because the slow and steady upward trajectory of production is not something that the ethanol industry is known for. It's typically not been the best when it comes to production discipline. That's good insight, Tom. So this new normal to operating rates from ethanol manufacturers will essentially set the tone for U.S. corn producers, which is already making its way into preliminary consumption estimates for next season. The USDA most recent forecast pegs corn demand for the ethanol sector at around 5.2 billion bushels during the 2020-2021 marketing year, which starts in September for corn. For reference, corn consumption during the 2018-2019 marketing year reached about 5.4 billion bushels. The question now is how will recovering ethanol demand sway planning decisions next season? Ending stocks estimates for 2020-2021 fell by about 20% after the USDA revised its acreage and production estimates for the current crop, easing concerns about bloated corn inventories. Still, despite this revision, ending stocks in 2020 and 2021 are expected to be about 18% more than the 2019-2020 marketing year. That is a variable that farmers will not be able to ignore on top of prices. The USDA expects the average farm price to hover around $3.35 next marketing year. And at the time of this recording, the relationship between corn and soybean values on the CME for the 2021 futures contracts indicate farmers will favor more soybean acreage. And now, while the ratio between the two prices provides an indicator for which crop may be preferred, it doesn't quantify acreage. Tom, do you have any last thoughts for today? Uh, Just that biofuels are a pretty unpredictable market because of the fact that they're policy-driven. You've got politicians seeking to strike a balance between stakeholders on the agricultural side and the oil stakeholders on the other. For example, you have the HEROES Act, which was passed by the House in April. The bill contained more than $2.5 billion in relief for the ethanol industry and a $0.45 per gallon subsidy for all biofuels produced in the first four months of 2020. But the bill was more or less dead on arrival by the time it got to Senate. Either way, no matter what happens, policy that affects ethanol and other biofuels will directly translate into their respective agricultural markets. That's a good point, Tom. It's important to remember that the U.S. ethanol industry consumes about 38 to 40 percent of domestic corn production, according to the USDA, and has supported the U.S. as a global leader in corn output since 2007. Any legislative or industry-led changes in ethanol manufacturing will have a direct impact to U.S. corn farmers. That's it for us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to listen in for other episodes. To learn more about our agriculture and refined products coverage, visit us at argusmedia.com.